Please join me in welcoming Ron Skates to our pulpit today. Thank you. First of all, Howard, I'm not retired. I'm rewired. Um, and it is a delight. It's always a privilege and a joy to be with you all here at First Pres Amaroa. And I count it just a, a delight to, to be with you, Howard. And I love your three pastors. Howard and I go back 20 years, I guess. Murray and I go back like 40 years. Uh, and Kim and I are good buddies as well. And you've got a great pastoral staff. You really need to know that. You really do. And I want to challenge you to take good care of them and their families. I'm not kidding, folks. It's getting harder and harder by the day to be a biblically faithful pastor in 21st century America. The culture, it's doing a number on all of us and uh, against what God would have you and me be and do. And so when pastors continue to, to be faithful to the word, believe me, they get a lot of kickback that you don't know about. The emails, the snide comments they get, not just from outside the church, it's now coming from inside every congregation as well. So don't, don't assume that Howard and, and Murray and Kim get a lot of compliments. Um, most people think, oh, they probably hear that all the time. I'm not going to say anything. Take a moment. Write a thank you note to them sometime. Just say, I really appreciate you standing strong. Um, that will be a great, great encouragement to them. Well, I would rather have my kid wind up in a homeless shelter knowing Christ than being the CEO of a company and not walking with the Lord. I've said that about every one of my five children from the moment I've known that they were conceived. My friends, if the salvation of your children and mine is not our top priority above everything else in the area of parenting, our faith is flawed. In fact, I cringe when I hear Christian parents say things like, well, you know, the thing I hope most for my child is they get into the right college. Ask actress Lori Laughlin about that one. Or when I hear Christian parents say, well, you know, my goal for them is just to be happy. The highway of happiness, unless you have Christ on the journey with you, is a highway that leads straight to hell. But what if you've got your priority right? That your kid's salvation is the most important thing in your life. You've got that in place, but they've rejected Christ. They don't go to church. They say, oh, the gospel's not for me. What then? What do you do? do? Anybody here have that pain in their hearts? I do. I've got five kids. My two sons are not walking with Christ. Is there any hope or guidance for you and me? Perhaps... Perhaps from an Old Testament story about a father and his two sons that have gone off the rails spiritually. Let's take a look. I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me and keep them open to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 22 through 26 this morning. And let's pray before we read. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds now to your word that we might clearly understand it, 
that we might gratefully receive it and that we might faithfully apply it to our lives for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now hear God's word addressed to you and me today, beginning to read at the 22nd verse of 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. No, my sons, it is no good report that I hear the people of the Lord spreading abroad. If someone sins against a man, God will mediate for him. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to the voice of their father. For it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and also with man. Let's pray again. And now, Father, as my words are true to your word, may they be taken to heart. But as my words should stray from your word, may they be quickly forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Max Juker lived in New York back in the 18th century. He didn't believe in Christ. He didn't go to church. He didn't take his kids to church, even when they asked him to take them. Now, Max Juker had 1,026 descendants. 300 of them wound up in prison. 580 of them became alcoholics. Max Juker's family cost the state of New York millions and millions of dollars. Now, contrast Max Juker with a contemporary of his, another man in the state of New York, a guy who happened to be a Presbyterian pastor and theologian named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards loved Christ. His top priority was making sure his kids grew up to walk with Christ. He had 929 descendants. Of those, 430 became pastors, 86 became college professors, 13 became university presidents, 75 of them authored books, 7 became members of the U.S. Congress, and 1 actually became vice president of the United States. Now, what's the moral of that story? As parents, should we be more like Max Juker or Jonathan Edwards? Well, the answer is obvious, but... That doesn't necessarily guarantee anything when it comes to our kids. The story before us this morning is a contrast between how the boy Samuel grows up. Look at verse 26, last verse. We see how Samuel grows up. It says he grew in stature and favor with the Lord and with man. Well, that should be the goal for all of our kids. Whereas Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they go off the spiritual rails. But there's no guarantee just because you're a certain parent that your kids are going to turn out a certain way. I remember a guy in the second church I pastored, and his two sisters were in the church. They were all married, they were all grown. 
They were all mature Christians, strong in their faith, walking with Christ. And then one day they introduced me to their parents. Their parents were godless, dope-smoking, and sexually anarchistic hippies. And how their kids turn out like that, I have no idea. And, and I can think of a lot of godly, gracious, loving parents, Christian parents, whose kids have spiritually self-destructed and self-destructed in other ways. There is just no guarantee how our kids are exactly going to turn out. I mean, Samuel had virtually no parental influence on his life. His parents gave him over to Eli at the temple. He grew up in the temple, hardly ever saw his parents. Hophni and Phinehas, they were preacher's kids. They grew up around the church all the time. And yet, look how they turn out. You know, the culture's doing a number on all of our kids. And in the midst of that, though, all the studies are showing that the number one influence on our children today, even amidst all that's swirling around them, is still parents, you and me. But there are no guarantees. You know, I look at Eli's life here, and boy, I can personally identify with him. He's an Old Testament priest. Well, I've been a pastor for 40 years. And he's got two sons, and I've got two sons. And both his sons are spiritually vacuous, and so are mine. And I'm sure Eli loved his sons. I love my sons. I'm sure Eli prayed for his sons from the moment he knew they were in his wife's womb. And, and I did the same with my sons. I'm sure Eli was thrilled when his sons decided to go into the ministry, following his footsteps. Now, I don't know if Eli had any other children, but I've got three others. I've got three daughters. Two sons that are totally apart from Christ, and three daughters that solidly walk with Christ. Same parents. We raise them the same way. There are just no guarantees. Gilbert Tennant was a Presbyterian pastor back in colonial times. One time he preached a sermon before his presbytery entitled, The Danger of an Unconverted Clergy. That was Hophni and Phineas. You know, we, we look at our text in verse 22. We see these guys, they're sexual predators. They are preying upon, seducing, exploiting, abusing faithful women who have come to the tent of meeting and are volunteering to serve the Lord there. If there was a Me Too movement back in 11th century BC, Hophni and Phineas would be in their crosshairs. And they're an abomination to the Lord. And they're alive and well today. You know, the, the surveys of American youth show that the average youth today, only 3% of them see clergy as good role models. 3%. Why is that? Because all the scandals going on in the church. I have a pastor friend, good friend of mine. He actually convinced his session to put a hotel room on retainer at a local Holiday Inn so he could have complete privacy as he counseled people. Come on. 
Hophni and Phinehas were bad apples. They fell far from Eli's tree. What's going on here? I'm sure Eli was a good, good parent. Remember that old TV public service announcement? It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Well, do you and I know, I mean, really know where our children are spiritually? Don't tell me, oh, well, they go to church. Don't tell me they're active in the youth group. Don't tell me they go on mission trips. Hanging around a church makes someone as much of a Christian as hanging around a garage makes you a car. Do you really know where your kids are spiritually? You'll never really know unless you are hands-on discipling your kids. In our text, in verses 23 through 25, Eli tries disciplining his his sons. It's a little too little, too late. He says, why are you guys doing this? You shouldn't be doing it. Eli, now's not the time. It should have been way long ago. When I was a youth minister, I used to tell parents, you're a complete fool to put the primary spiritual welfare of your kids in my hands. Church, youth group, Sunday school, youth ministers, those things should only be auxiliary to what parents are doing in the spiritual lives of their kids at home. If you're not the primary discipler of your kid, then you are not doing what Christ wants you to do. The word discipline and disciple, they both come from the same root word. When your kids start going off the rails, well, you should discipline them. Not to punish them, but as an opportunity to disciple them. What's wrong with Eli's family? What's wrong with my family? Did Eli ever share his own personal faith with Hophni and Phinehas while they were growing up? Have you shared your personal faith with your kids? Have I? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. If you don't do that, you're not really discipling your kids. Did, did Eli pray for his kids and teach them how to pray? And I'm not talking about teaching them how to read a rote prayer, but to actually have an authentic conversation with God. Are you and I doing that with our kids? Did Eli ever show Hophni and Phinehas how to faithfully read Scripture and then apply it to their lives? And then model that for them through a daily time of being in the Word of God and allowing Hophni and Phinehas to see him make decisions by taking the Word of God and allowing that to guide him in his decisions. That's the way Ann and I have tried to do that with our kids. You know, there there are really only three things you and I can do toward our kids' salvation. These are worth writing down, by the way. First is to unconditionally love them and let them know that you love them. My kids joke about, I always begin and end any conversation with my kids by saying, I love you. And we know, Dad... They need to hear that. And they need to know that that doesn't depend on how they act or how they've turned out or anything else. I always think of the story about David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz. 
Nicky Cruz's gang leader in New York. It's in The Cross and the Switchblade, that book. And uh, Nick, uh, David Wilkes, Street Corner. Nicky Cruz doesn't like it. He says, stop, preacher, I'm going to cut you into a thousand pieces. And David Wilkinson says, Nicky, go ahead. And every one of those thousand pieces is still going to love you. And that's what broke Nicky Cruz's heart. Nicky Cruz is a rewired pastor now like, like I am. Unconditionally love your kids. Let them know that. Secondly, pray for your kids, and particularly for their salvation every day, and let them know you pray for them. My parents did it with me only once. I was probably seven or eight. They pulled me aside. They said, Ron, every day we're alive. We're going to be on our knees, literally on our knees, praying for you. And sometimes I'd catch them in their bedroom on their knees praying for me. I did a prodigal journey away from Christ when I was 14, and there were times when I would wake up in the proverbial gutter, and life just looked bleak. But my first thought was always, mom and dad are praying for me today. I can't prove that that brought me back to Christ, but I'm back to Christ. Like Eli, I love the Lord. Verse 22 tells us this, Eli was an old priest. I, can, I resemble that. I turned 69 last Wednesday. But I pray for my children, for their salvation every day. The third thing we can do for our kids is to model for them lifestyles of authenticity and integrity in Christ. And I'm not talking about being a holy Joe or holy Jane, living your life as if it was perfect. Who wants to hang around perfect people? I don't. Certainly our kids don't. What I'm talking about is living so authentically and transparently in a relationship with Jesus Christ that when you mess up and you're gonna and I'm gonna, when we mess up, we fess up. And we, when we make a mistake or we sin and our kids know it, we confess that and allow them to see us repent. And that, my friends, is usually more powerful than when we're actually walking well with the Lord. They'll see the authenticity of our faith. That's really the only three things we can do for our kids. And then it's kind of ball in Holy Spirit's court. But is there any hope for the Hophneys and Phineases of this world or my sons, Michael and Andrew? Um, did, Did Eli try to school Hophni and Phinehas in the ways of the Lord. I, had, I made sure both of my sons were, were discipled, baptized, confirmed, and discipled. And both have walked away. There are just no guarantees. So is there any hope for us who have kids that have wandered from Christ? Or friends or other family members? Is there any hope? Don't be like Eli in verse 25. Look at verse 25. Eli insinuates that there is probably no hope or little hope for Hophni and Phinehas because he says they've sinned against the Lord. And he nails their sin. And he's right in saying that there's there's sin and then there's sin. You know, there's a kind of low-grade sin that we all do. Then there's that chronic, um, defiant, poke-your-finger-in-God's-eye kind of sin. That's Hophni and Phinehas. They're just poking God in the eye. And Eli said, sons, you know, 
If you sin against a person, God will mediate for you. But when you're poking God in the eye, you have no mediator. So he's basically saying there's no hope for that. My friends, don't believe Eli's. I'm here to announce to you this morning the gospel of grace. You and I live on the other side of the cross than Eli. No matter how defiant, numerous, vile, awful, poke God in the eye our sin is or our kids or anybody else we know, the blood of Jesus Christ is the once for all sufficient, perfect, infinite sacrifice and it can cover any sin. And Jesus is there to mediate between you and me and God. Don't be put off by where it says God, you know, chose to put them to death. No, no, no. Read what it says, first of all. It says they rejected Eli's warning, and that warning was really God through Eli telling his sons to turn around. You know, the gospel is sheer grace. But after God envelops you and me in his grace, and we still keep poking him in the eye, there may come a time when God simply gives the Hophnes and Phineas's of this world over to themselves. But that, in the grace of God, is a very last resort. Don't ever give up on your kids, on any Hophni or Phineas. I console myself with my two sons by saying, well, we had them baptized. I don't believe baptism makes a kid or an adult a Christian. What I'm trying to say is, when I counsel families who are preparing to have a child baptized, I always tell them, you know, I can't guarantee your kids are going to come to Christ. But if you really believe the promises that you're going to make on behalf of your kids, I have full confidence that the Holy Spirit's going to honor those promises someday and regenerate your kid's heart and draw him to, to himself. It may be at age 5 or 15 or 50. You may see it. You may never see it but I have confidence. But I'm just here to be real with you. I have a whole lot more confidence saying that to you all about your kids than about my own. Because I pray and I pray and my two sons are just cold when it comes to Christ. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Being pastor of Highland Park Prez for 14 years at brought a lot of wonderful people into my life. I'm not trying to name drop, but one time Tim Keller was in town and my wife Ann and I were having dinner with him and we were commiserating, this was about 11 years ago, and commiserating with him about our son Andrew. And I'll never forget what he said and it changed my prayer life forever. He said, Ann, Ron, when it comes to our kids, all we can do is put the logs in the fireplace but we can't light them. Only the Holy Spirit can light the logs. Ever since that day, 11 years ago, every day I've prayed for my two sons. Holy Spirit, please, 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 I'm begging you. I prayed that this morning. Begging you, please light the logs in both Andrew's and Michael's fireplace and bring them into a saving relationship with yourself. Please, Lord, please. I just give them over to the mediator. Never, never, never give up on Hophni or Phinehas or Andrew or Michael or anybody 
that you want to see come to Christ. Unconditionally love them. Pray for them and for their salvation every day. Model for them lifestyles of authenticity and integrity and Christ. And then pray, Holy Spirit, light the logs in your time and in your way. You love them. You're more merciful and gracious than I am. You love my kids more than I do. They belong to you. Please light the logs. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.